Welcome back to Her Voice at the Table. I'm Caitlin Rathy. I cannot wait for you to listen to this conversation with Kate Shank and two current seniors, Reagan and Margaret, as they discuss their love of rom-com lit. All three of them have recently posted over on the blog about how they came to love this genre and why rom-coms are important to them. The three of them even have a little book club. So cute. First, what even is a rom-com? I knew this was a movie genre, but did not know that it also applied to books. If you are looking for your next beach read, summer is just around the corner, folks, especially in teacher world where next week is spring break. So there are tons of great suggestions of fun reads from our student guests. And if that's not enough, the conversation turns to what the high school English classroom could look like if teachers incorporated these texts into the class straight from students themselves. And get ready to learn about hashtag book talk, part of TikTok, to hear about the perils of Instagram reels and to reflect on the well-being benefits of reading for students and for everyone. Without further ado, here's the conversation. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Her Voice at the Table. <laughs> Hello, uh, Caitlin here, and I'm delighted to be joined by a bunch of friends for our conversation today. Um, I have the pleasure of interviewing some rom-com devotees. Devotees? I never know how to say that word. I thought you were going to um, say divas. Or divas, <laughs> you know. Good. I was going to try and say like a bevy of some, but I was like, that's just too too many connotations of like bevy of whatever. Um, so Kate is on the other side of the table today. Hello, everyone. Kate here. Um, yeah. And I'd also like to welcome uh, some seniors, Reagan and Margaret, to the Hi. pod. Hello. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys, we're so excited. Having students on the pod is really fun. I know. It is really fun. So today we're talking about rom-coms. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of rom-com posts on the on the blog lately. I read a rom-com recently, but I would just love to know from you all, like, what is the most recent book you've read? What was it about? Just a, Just a few seconds. Um, mine was Love and Other Words, which I talked about in one of the posts. Yeah, who's the author? Christina Lauren. Okay, cool. It's like a duo author. It's two women. Mine was Maggie Moves On by Lucy Score. I read it over the winter break, and it was kind of like a Chip and Joanna kind of vibe. Like these two people, like, flip a house together. Oh my Very god, Margaret, cute. that sounds so fun and actually like something It's really, really fun. Enjoy. I really <laughs> wish that they would have seen, like, I would have seen the house, mm. like, that they... Okay. It's oh, fake, that's so. fun. That I know it was good. I don't. I think it's kind of new. It's pretty good. Uh, Lucy Score, yeah, she's yeah. coming up now. It's How good. do you spell her last name? Like Score, score like, like, like Score. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Mine was um, a Merry Little Meat Cute. <laughs> Very on par. <laughs> and with, uh, speaking of the holidays, yes, we just passed Valentine's Day, but yeah, that was really sweet. Um, who was the author? <sighs> I don't remember these things. Um, <laughs> uh, listeners, we will put all of these books uh-huh. in the show notes. Don't you worry. Yes. So <laughs> they were reading. It was very good. Yeah, I'm just really concerned <laughs> right, about right. what books we read. The 15 people listening right now. Thank you. <laughs> you can get all the information in so the show notes. <laughs> um, so to get the conversation rolling, I thought, Margaret, I want to ask you. How would you, could, could you define a rom-com? Ooh. Um, like, what makes a book a rom-com? I'm going to go with something between two people that has a little romance in it, has a little comedy. Okay. Almost like the name suggests. Wow. Romantic comedy. I know it's That's riveting. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Reagan, can you expand on that? I think that most rom-coms 
like have a aspect of lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, some of them are do have like a deeper thing, but I kind of categorize those a little bit differently. So to be a rom-com, there has to be a kind of a fun, Mm -hmm. lighthearted encounter Mm -hmm. between two characters. Yes. Normally it's not super sad. There's a lot of bright colors on the cover. Yeah, I feel like (laughs) the marketing marketing is definitely part of it. Yeah. There's some, there's, it does follow the traditional story arc. Like there's a conflict. Mm -hmm. The main, the protagonist has an issue of some sort. Yeah. But there's like the funny characters on the side and then Mm -hmm. they're the main the main conflict is usually involved with romance, yeah. or is it about the main, prota- the protagonists themselves? Yeah. Well, I think it depends on the book. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's like something goes on in their personal life that kind of sets a conflict, or like the two people like can't resolve their own conflict, like they're in a fight or something in their relationship, which is another example of a conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Regan, you mentioned that there was another strain off of rom-coms. So there's rom-coms, mm-hmm. but then there's a, a subcategory, a subgenre. Yeah. What would you call those books? Well, I think that there's kind of the general, in my head, like there's the general romance category, mm. and then there's rom-coms, and then there's like serious, more like there's something more to gain from the book mm-hmm. sort of than the romance. Like dark rom-coms. <laughs> there's like a the, heavier message. Yes. Yes. A heavier yes. conflict, maybe. Yes. Like you guys were talking about It Ends With Us, and yeah. the conflict is related to abuse in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one, even though it's a romance, it has yeah. a spin that's a little darker than yeah. the rom-com. I wouldn't yeah. call that a rom-com, but like, I think maybe, like Colin Hoover is more just romance, and then like mm. Tessa Bailey, you know, yeah. is more rom-com. Yes, listeners, Colleen Hoover wrote the book It Ends With Us that our guests were just talking about, a bit darker romance, while Tessa Bailey is an author who writes lighter fare with titles like Hook, Line, and Sinker and It Happened One Summer. I don't know if this book counts. Once upon a time, a long time ago, I read some of the Outlander books. Yes. Oh, I know what your fantasy romance. Right? Oh, okay. Well, I was wondering, like, where does that fit in the world? Because that's I, like is historical that a fiction. Margaret doesn't read fantasy. Is it, it's I a fantasy romance? girl. I don't know. I'm a huge Outlander fan. Seen the whole series. <laughs> Exposed. Um, I think that's a historical romance. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Which is another whole genre, historical romance. Okay, is historical romance the same as, is it the same as a bodice ripper because they are wearing bodices? Or is that, (laughs) or is that like an old-timey word for romance novels that we don't use anymore? First, shout out to the ripped bodice bookstore in San Francisco that I read a lot of interviews with that is a romance bookstore. But anyway, I thought the title of their bookstore was super cute. Yes. I think the ripped bodice is now. I use I say bodice rippers as a joke, but you guys probably I don't. don't. I don't never even, know that even is. heard Interesting. that. Okay, okay. Like, so it, that's kind of like asked. I feel like maybe that's like what we would say as like smut. Smut. We say smut. <laughs> like you know. Okay. <laughs> like you could get it at like a grocery sco- store. Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Short, uh-huh. Really yeah. thick mm-hmm. romance novels with like naked men on. Them. You know, <laughs> okay, like, that's smart. that is what we is were talking about as an old guy <laughs> named <laughs> Fabio. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That like I've on heard the horse the with the hair. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> his hair was blonde and it was like yeah, blowing out the back. I, you guys, I have not thought of Fabio in like years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, You're welcome. So, Ops, I get we are not talking about smut or bodice rumors today. Done. Uh, yeah. I would love to know a little bit about, like, each of your stories. How did you get to, like, love rom-coms? And, like, what 
why? Why do you read these? Um, Well, first, I read a lot, like, ish, when I was, like, middle school, and then I got to high school. I hated all the books. Started off strong with The Alchemist with Miss Shank. He did that one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was Margaret's freshman teacher, and she's about to speak to the So that, (laughs) Gulliver's Travels, that's not my vibe at all. And just, just, they were hard, and I didn't like hard stuff. Um, And then I would say it was probably summer going into junior year. My best friend Maddie has always been a reader. And she would find books on TikTok, like Emily Henry's, the fun little cute covers. And then I was like, ooh, reading, that sounds kind of fun. So I picked it back up again. And then I wrote about this in the blog. But then Reagan and I, on our junior year retreat, were in the same cabin. And we were talking about a book. And we're like, oh, my gosh, you read rom-coms? Oh, my gosh, you read rom-coms? Me too. Um, And ever since then, it's been kind of a little thing that we do. And that's how our friendship started, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. So here we are now. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Reagan? Um, I think that, like, I liked reading when I was little, like the Hunger Games, you know, that whole I hated spiel. Those. <laughs> but I was really into that. But I never, I guess, romance. I think that, was it in COVID when we, before we became friends? Yeah. It was like junior year, which was like into COVID. Yeah, I think sort of in the middle of COVID. I was having a lot of friend problems, and obviously COVID was hard on everybody for a lot of different reasons. And I guess I just started to get back into it, and I just spent this one weekend, like, at my aunt's house by the pool, and I went to the library, and I got, like, four romance books. And I tore through them. <laughs> the, like, it was probably bad not doing some of my schoolwork, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I just found myself, like, oh, this is such an amazing escape. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really what it was. It was, like, the Unhoneymooners was the one that yeah. stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I just think that that was an escape that I definitely needed at the mm-hmm. time. And I realized like, oh, this is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's been many more years for me since Margaret and Rachel <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, slightly older than these two gals. Um, gosh, but I remember really enjoying like scary romances when I was in high school, like kind of, um, haunted house stories like um, R.L. Stein, stuff like that. And it was always a romance kind of, you know, angle. There'd be like a relationship mm-hmm. involved or something. But then when I really pivoted to like what I would say are rom-coms was probably when I was in my 30s, I would say. Um, and like you guys, I was at the bookstore. I, I kind of remember this. Um, I was drawn to the covers too. Yep. And I think when I really started to think about which is which is kind of a known thing about rom-coms is that we do the art is so fantastic but also um I was seeking reading for fun because I was a teacher and you know teaching English and the texts that I was choosing were they felt really important like Margaret said hard but important <laughs> also yeah. um but I just I wanted to read for fun I spent so much time I've been to grad school um more than once. Um, And I've had a lot of heavy kind of academic pursuits in my life. And so who doesn't love a love story? They've become so well written and so good, you know, over the past few years. And so I've really picked up my reading of them ever since working here at Ursuline and teaching all girls and kind of listening to what you guys are reading and um, my colleagues. And it's just been really fun to get back into the genre. I mean, you know, not really back in, but into it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Very cool. 
Um, you guys mentioned book talk. Okay, for the folks who are not on the TikTok, <laughs> can you explain the book talk? <laughs> it's just like a bunch of people reviewing or rating the books that they've read. I would say the ones that get popular on TikTok are the more lighthearted ones, and then like Colleen Hoover, like dark. Just romance. those two. Okay. Um, I think the only reason I really started reading was through book talk. Not even going to lie. Just because I was like, oh, that looks kind of fun. And I think there was like an appeal of like, ooh, she reads. Like, ooh, that's kind of fun. That's a new little personality trait. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I just thought it, it's a good habit, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. readings. it's not like I'm scrolling TikTok just like for hours on end. Not that I do that, obviously, but, you know. Um, I feel like it was a healthy habit <laughs> that I could develop. Um, and so it's just like. Book talk is literally just a bunch of people talking about books. Hmm. But it's not, like, straight in your face. You kind of have to and they dig post, through. Somebody will post something, like, maybe a shot of a book or them reading and then put hashtag book talk. Mm-hmm. And then that goes on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know how to you can even, in the videos. You like, can even it's follow. Aesthetics. Yeah. I like those. Ooh, yeah, those are good. Wait, which ones? Like, they'll... they'll kind of do like a collage or a bunch of photos rapidly that fit to a certain the aesthetic of the book if that makes sense like if it's like beach read it'll be pictures of like a beach and like writers and like college and like all these different things that like encapsulate the aesthetic of the book i will look those up yeah like i'll seek them yeah same there's um influencers book influencers on instagram too i that's i'm not on tiktok i but i follow um, and I try to stay away from reels on Instagram. Yeah. That's the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do follow a few different girls um, on Instagram that are, like, I found them through YouTube, though. They're mm. YouTubers. Mm. Um, they are really booktube. cool aesthetics, too. Oh, yeah. All their um, pictures are yeah. so well curated. And, like, like all the, the highlighted. The colors of the book. T- oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. I love it. Yeah. Always in a cool apartment. Some neat space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. feel bad really if I go on Instagram and I go to more of like the explorer and I look at different book stuff I don't really feel yeah. bad about social media yeah and you get reviews and sometimes you get like recommended a book oh, that exactly. you really love whenever they put like different ones post a video anything they say I'm like oh I gotta get that one gotta get that <laughs> yeah one. yeah it's powerful uh-huh. definitely I want to figure out how the book Instagram works Sounds really wonderful. It is fun. I it's haven't cool. found that part of the Instagram yet. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, once you find somebody who you're like, oh, this person has very similar taste, then it becomes mm. easy. And, and plus, it will be recommended to you as yeah. a potential oh, of course, friends. Right? Of course. Oh my gosh! Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not on book Instagram, mainly book talk, but maybe I should because I'm giving up TikTok for Lent. So maybe I'll hop on to book Instagram. Don't do reels. It's horrible. I know. Okay, someone I'm, told me that reels are just like TikTok, but two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. There's exactly. so many funny memes about it. Oh, goodness. Our intern, Phoebe, couldn't make today's recording, but she had a thought after reading Kate's post. Uh, Kate, where you mentioned Oscar Wilde, that... Another argument for rom-coms is that at one time a lot of great literature was a rom-com. So can you just, like, speak to that for Man, a sec? Man, I just saw Phoebe's question and I was like, excellent question, right? <laughs> she learned in school. It's so true. I mean, I just finished uh, Jane Eyre. Not that Jane Eyre is a rom-com. Nothing comedic. Well, no, Jane does have a good sense of humor. Um, but, yes, when you're thinking of – I'm thinking of Emma – by Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of some classics, like she's the classic matchmaker and 
it's all about her introducing, you know, trying to play the guide of love. And it's so true. So many of the older classic novels, um, she mentioned um, the re the remakes that have taken place. Of course, like Taming of the Shrew became 10 Things I Hate About You. So, yeah, that's right. And I my whole point of writing this was that I felt this tension that this wasn't, quote, serious literature. And I, I don't think I'm the only one who feels that way. I think a lot of people hesitate to pick up a rom-com because maybe they think, oh, I need to be reading some, you know, real book, quote, in quotes, you know, and mm-hmm. um, or that's not, quote, real literature. And I think that's wrong. And I think this Phoebe's question actually proves that I'm wrong because she's right. Um, so much classic literature has a romantic or rom-com. I mean, we're getting ready to read Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing in my sophomore class, and that is a really funny, Mm -hmm. if you want to go there and you're comedic, but uh, if you want to go to the Shakespeare language, but um, so much rom-com, so much romance Mm -hmm. and and like farce and silliness about matchmaking and who Mm -hmm. ends up with whom. It's satirical. Yeah, it's fantastic, and so I think that I just need to get over this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, wonder, I agree. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. So, Margaret Reagan, is there a stigma, like, among younger folks about reading rom-coms, or is this just, like, in the same way I that... think book talk or, like, book Instagram, I guess, has made it a little bit more socially acceptable. Because mm. I feel like a lot of times people will be okay with something if it, like, fits their aesthetic or it is, like, I'm trying to explain it. Like, if there's something that s- makes you seem like a better person than anyone else, and it's like, okay, that's okay for you to, you know, enjoy. But if it's a something that not a lot of people do or is not good for you, then I feel like there's more of a stigma around it. So, like, mm-hmm. reading, that's a great thing to do. I think people realize that. Rom-coms, some people might be like, oh, well, that's stupid. Why would you read that? Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's in our generation, at least I think, a little bit more accepting of like, ooh, she reads. Like, I'll look on the um, Instagram of the colleges I'm going to and like people will post bios about themselves. And a lot of it is like, ooh, I like to read books. I like to read. I think it's becoming more hmm. like common, even if it's not rom-coms. But I yeah. think it's still like a interesting little thing. Yeah. I think that if you're in, like obviously – I think that in the circles that I'm in, like here at Ursuline and whatnot, I don't really feel the judgment. But I think that if you were in certain places, you might. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that sometimes, even from my family, I feel, like, a little subtle. Mm. Kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh, you read so much, but... Like, there's kind of that... Those sometimes. are easy books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and Who cares? Why do we say that? Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here thinking that as you're talking. I'm like, why do we even have this debate? Like, one time, my siblings just meandered into my room, and... My brother, I read a lot of fantasy books as well, and <laughs> and um, my brother was just like reading all the titles because the titles can kind of get like Crown of Midnight, just like they're the same, <laughs> a lot of the same words. Yeah, and he was just kind of he was laughing at it was like just making fun of me, but in a playful way, yeah. I guess. But I also was kind of like, well, I'm still reading, and they're still good books. Yeah, like that's what I like at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So you guys mentioned um, the escape of getting into a good book. And yeah. rom-coms, you know, are fun because you, they're relatable, right? It's young, you know, in our case, women having a romance, doing things, maybe working straight out of college or whatever. 
Um, and so when I think of escapism, I think of it's good for you. Like it's mm -hmm. good for your mental health. It's good for your spirit. Um, is there anything else about these books that you feel like are just reading that is good for you? I talked about it, I think, in the post a little bit. But um, now after picking up these like rom-coms, I find it easier to be able to read the hard books like mm -hmm. freshman year. I would just be like, oh, I don't really like this. Um, and so even though I'm not getting the same, like, challenging concepts in my head, I just have, like, the stamina to read these books, which I think is important. And most of all, I think it's just fun to read. And that's, like, a healthy fun for me, so. That's what we want all people to think. <laughs> yeah. Reading is fun, folks. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that reminds me of, like, a quote that, if you don't like reading, you're just not reading the right book or something, mm. whatever that one mm -hmm. is. Um, anyways, but yeah, I think that besides the escapism, I'm, I talked, this was mainly what my reply was about in the post that the other, like, um, purpose that reading provides is just the un deep understanding that you can find in any of these books and most of them. And, you know, different ones are better for different people, but I just think that that kind of feeling is irreplaceable. And if you have a good writer and they're in your niche of whatever experience, mm. it can just provide such a kind of like, oh, mm. you know, peace um, that I found in some of these books. Because you mentioned that you, it's like a character who's gone through, like a comfort character is what you call them, mm -hmm. like characters who've gone through similar things that you yeah. have, whether it's like, you know, your mom is battling cancer yeah. or... You know, you mentioned when we were talking over Christmas, like, a divorce, mm -hmm. you know, understanding what's that, what that's like yeah. for a person. Yeah. So it kind of helps you build your empathy. Mm -hmm. For sure. I feel like there's a hundred different little things that I've learned from these books, whether mm -hmm. I realize it or not. Um, yeah. It happens in passing a lot. There was one about Colin Hoover about infertility, mm -hmm. and that was, like, <gasps> yeah, earth-shattering. Because I feel like that. people don't talk about that, mm -hmm. and I'd never known anyone to have, like, openly talked about it and then to read a whole book about it like showing how it affects relationship was just like gut-wrenching mm -hmm. so and those stories also just because then after I was looking up like oh what percent of blah 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 does mm -hmm. this happen to women and I asked you know my aunts or you know my friends moms about like what they've experienced and that and you just you get more connection with people through mm -hmm. these books I think and you learn a lot more conversation starters mm -hmm. it helps you and you mm -hmm. guys mentioned that with your friends too with Colleen Hoover mm -hmm. like talking about even dating violence mm -hmm. or, like, what people are willing to put up with. Yeah. I know you guys talk, you know, there was a big study published recently, like, in the past two weeks. I know it was written up in the New York Times, but it was about how teenage girls, there's been a huge increase in violence in teenage girls' yeah. lives, whether it's mm -hmm. to themselves in the form of, like, suicide or threats, you know, mental health issues, or, or in dating violence mm -hmm. and sexual mm -hmm. violence. And so you guys had mentioned that the, these books can be conversation starters about what do romantic relationships, because mm -hmm. you guys are seniors and you're starting yeah. to really think about that. Mm -hmm. And like, what do romantic relationships look like? And what do you want to, what does it need to be? And how, what does respect look like? And these yeah. type of things. Yeah. Definitely. I think that even, you know, okay, you read, the book that we talked about ends with us and it, you know, discusses those topics. And even if you don't apply it to a romantic relationship, I read a couple lines um, in the book and I was like, wow, I was doing that in my friendships. Like I was mm. allowing things I shouldn't have in my friendships, you know? Mm. And you just, 
I don't these connections in these books sometimes are remarkable. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. The mm-hmm. both conversation starters and in weird ways, maybe not like in the exact same yeah. kinds of relationships. Um, but then also the way you were talking about like that increased connection, being mm-hmm. able to have these chats with your family members or just like understanding other experiences that they've been through. Yeah. So mm-hmm. lovely. On that note, I have um, I have like a kind of a two pronged question for you guys about um, one of the things I've noticed about rom-coms is I feel like they're getting more and more inclusive. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot more, um, you know, it might be by race, it might be by, you know, neurodivergent characters, it might be like, you know, same sex characters, it might be just all different types of characters. So do you guys find that that's true? Do you feel like, you know, it's become, it's a place where you can get access to stories from all different kinds of people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, for me, I don't really, I mean, I'm like a straight heterosexual, like, white girl. So, like, <laughs> I, I've noticed it, but it hasn't been something that's like, oh, wow, that's great that there's, like, a book for me because all the books have been for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's something that I've picked up on, but it's not something that's directly applied to me. It's just like, yeah, oh, that's, that's good really that, nice like, because I couldn't imagine, like, I read these books. I mean, I, I actually relate to them because I don't have a boyfriend, um, but, like, I would relate to them maybe in a year or something, you know? Whereas, like, God, please, <laughs> please. Um, come on, college, bring it on. Um, but, like, <laughs> but, like, for people that aren't in the same, like, whatever as me, yeah. if they're not able to relate. Like, I don't want to read books that don't relate to me. Mm-hmm. That That's not interesting. So if they can't read books that relate to them, then that's, like, mm-hmm hurting the, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if this really has to do with that question, but I think that you mentioned it kind of earlier. A lot of the voices of these women or men um, in these books, I just think romance is written a lot differently nowadays. Like, I have somebody gifted me one of the Bridgerton books, and I'm just so scared <laughs> to read it because, because it was written, I feel like, not super long ago, but a little bit in the past. And I think mm. I've read some reviews that say there are certain things that, you know, maybe that wasn't totally consentful or she kind mm. of like her whole purpose was this one guy. But I think, you know, these novels are a great example. Like her whole purpose isn't this guy. Like she She's has Reagan's pointing, pointing yeah. to the love hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. The yeah. Steminist series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I just think that the protagonists in these books, um, have a lot more depth mm-hmm. and that allows for a lot more inclusivity, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember when Bridgerton was, I don't know when those were published. I haven't read any of the books, but I oh, have read kidding. a series called Bringing, and the first one was called Bringing mm-hmm. Down the Duke. You told me when you read that. Evie Dinsmore. Yeah, I can Highly it. recommend. <laughs> <laughs> They're really fun. And I read them coming off of watching Bridgerton. And Bridgerton itself as a, as a show mm-hmm. is much more diverse and edgy mm-hmm. and inclusive I feel like than maybe the books I, I don't know yeah, I can't speak I'm scared for that yeah, I wonder but. if there's like a break in time like books that came out pre Me Too versus oh. post Me Too like mm. if the Bridgerton books were written pre like what was that was that 2015 20, I don't even yeah. know everything is blurring together definitely folks. my first year as teaching um, here. Yeah, but that could be uh, the historian here you know yeah. talking about <laughs> when things change over time uh, wow yeah. <laughs> no it's definitely because I feel like I read a review of a book it was, I think it 
or a book to movie adaptation. Mm. I feel like it could have been The Hating Game. I don't oh. know what it was. But they talked about how, oh, they changed something when they did the movie because it would have came. Oh, it was The Hating Game in the elevator scene. Oh, they changed they did. how they filmed it because they said it would have come off. Like they wanted to pad yeah. for the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, which I thought was interesting. And yeah. people were like, I'm okay with that. They yeah. changed that from book to movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keeping in that powerful protagonist vein of like what's possible mm-hmm. not what you have to put up yeah, with yeah. you know you can be a proactive and create your own life that's why I love these these Allie Hazelwood books the protagonist is always so cool and like doing something different with her life that is not the status quo or the dominant paradigm or the dominant storyline and I feel like being subversive and following your heart and your own self is such a huge motif of these novels Mm -hmm. which is why I like them for the students it's like why I think it's cool to talk to these guys about it because that's what we want for them we want them to be able to you know make make your own decisions and Mm -hmm. follow your heart and even when it's not what the crowd is doing per se so Kate on that point are you going to bring the love hypothesis into your curriculum? I mean, I <laughs> like, would love to. Oh, my God. Class. Well, you <laughs> get so many more people that actually read the books. I know. I'm not it's, even going to lie to you. Because I'm teaching, I think, a senior class next year. I was going to um, be a senior. Like, yeah. Mm. And it's, I'm, I might teach English 4, and I was wondering if that would be an age. Would be a pro- I've, I've toyed with where I could bring in a mm. rom-com. I would like to, yeah. At least paired with, like, a memoir or... You know, oh, a, cool. a canon, yeah, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. do some kind of classic pairing, mm-hmm. like to read a Jane Austen followed by the love hypothesis. I think it'd be really mm. fun or something yeah. like that. I mean, of course, yeah. that's not it. But um, I think I think when when the students are a little older and they've done the work of laying the foundation of, you know, mm. the freshman year and sophomore year, because we try to bring in, you know fun books to those years too um real fun not the, I, by the way I real did, fun i did not choose culver's travels that was chosen well, did you choose the colleague. odyssey or <laughs> Which i think it goes back to this like this whole conversation we constantly have as english teachers especially now in the age mm. of like the chat bots and um chat ai and oh, all of yeah. these things where you know, these computer programs can generate an essay and can generate literary analysis. We have to continue to think more and more out of the box of what kind of synthesis we're asking the students to write about. And the bigger their their like library they can pull from, the better and the more we can like ask more. So I yeah. feel like even if it's not, you know, the quote, it's, it's always back to that old conversation. How do you define quote rigor or challenge? Yeah, yeah. You know, what is it? Is it a is it a book written in the Victorian era or is it a book written today using modern language? What makes a book a classic? And um, But how can you, in the meantime, when you're teaching writing and thinking, how can you play with these different genres? So I think we have a big mm-hmm. future ahead of us with that. Well, because you just got me thinking. Jane Eyre, when it was written, is that the love hypothesis of its time? Yes. Yes, and if Dr. Griffin were here, she could give you a lot more information. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it is actually quite true. I believe huh. so. I mean, these were books like devoured by yeah, the contemporaries. Yeah. I mean, people, Jane Eyre, you know, was this incredible story, um, you know, at the time period. And yeah, so I mean. Okay, well, I was going to ask. Reagan and Margaret, a closing question. Um, Imagine a world where you read rom-coms in class. (laughs) How would your life be different? 
I feel like there'd be so much more enthusiasm about actually reading. <laughs> Sorry, English teacher. Sorry. No, I love it. This is what I want to hear. I just we, feel we like evolve. when you, yes, obviously there's going to be a value in reading the hard books and like showing yourself that you can do things that are difficult for you. But I also feel like there needs to be a balance of like showing people that reading is fun and not just like for annotating and writing a five page yeah. essay. Like, in all the books I read, I despise annotating so much that I don't even annotate, like, my fun books. Like, even if there's a line that I love, I'm like, no, I'm not even going to touch this because I want this to be, like, purely fun. Um, And I'll, like, I'll, like, plow through these books just (laughs) so that, like, that I don't have to, like, be stuck on a page. Like, I'm sure if I read my books slower, I'd get a lot more out of them, but I'm just so, like... I need to finish this book. And it's also probably because, like, I'm always busy and, like, running out of time for things. But I hate to feel like I want to analyze the book. So I'll just fly through them and not even, like, worry about, oh, how is this sentence written? Like, you know, stuff like that. So I think it would garner a lot more support. Not support. Enthusiasm about reading. Okay. Thank you, Margaret. Reagan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I – a lot. I'm kind of the opposite – everything you were saying okay (laughs) not everything but like I have found myself recently being like oh I really want to annotate this book just because I feel like I'm picking out different parts of the text and I feel like I'm really engaging I don't that sounds so English teacher I'm really engaging with the text (laughs) Um, I think that's why I always fawn over the great Gatsby and I think part of it was because I was you know, annotating right next to my sister's annotations. And it was, and at the end of it, the book was like so loved and so beaten up. And I, I would just love that. And I just think that, I don't know, involving a rom-com, I feel like you can get a lot out of these books that Mm. even is unexplored when you just like flip through it. Sorry. (laughs) You know what I'm, there's beautiful writing in there. There is such gorgeous writing. And I, um, I wish that I could like sit down, you know, with love and other words or, pl- or it ends with us, you know, in a classroom, you know, mm. full of my peers and, you know, teachers I love and really talk about the text mm. and squeeze everything out of it. You can. Do you think the difference is that other literature is written like it's the structure of the the sentences and the language that's the difference that teachers perceive or is that the content? Hmm. I would go with the first one because I feel like you can get a lot out of the content, but I feel like the whole thing with English teachers is like, well, why did they write it like that? It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, you tell me. And then it's just like, I feel like, I mean, also, granted, I do kind of fly through these books, so I don't take note of them, but I feel like there's not, I feel like I would have noticed like, wow, this sentence is just beautiful. (laughs) You know, it has like, What's that called? Rhetorical devices in it. And how is the author using rhetorical devices to persuade his or her point? So Yeah, and I think that these books, like The Great Gatsby, for example, it's kind of hard. It's not really a book you would just casually peruse through. But like a rom-com, you could casually peruse through. But you can also, I think a lot of them, you know, annotate it like you would a classic. Hmm. And so I think that the kind of dual purpose in these books would apply to more students than just a classic would, if that makes Hmm. sense at Mm -hmm. all. Different yeah. levels of readers, mm-hmm. different stu- yeah, different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You get as much out of it as you, you know, want and try. Is it better to read a rom-com or a modern YA novel or romance or not read at all? Oh, 
read the novel. Yeah, read whatever you want. <laughs> what kind of question is that? But like, <laughs> question. Question. She's I setting mean, us up, Reagan. But what I, what I mean is, like, when you're talking about different types of students and learners in a classroom, mm-hmm. what if someone's like, well, I would read this, but I'm not going to read The Great Gatsby. Yeah. Like, a student's not interested. Maybe they've had a legacy of a lot of bad English classes or <laughs> terrible books Some that they've had to English read. Some trauma. <laughs> Some trauma with English. And if you put this in front of them, at least somebody is reading, right? Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of doing nothing. Sometimes I think it's not, like, some people, you want to engage people, like you said, in the beauty of reading for fun. Yeah. Because that's what you're going to do your whole life. You're not mm-hmm. going to analyze unless you become an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, half of you guys are just going to pick up books for fun and read them and talk to your friends and join a book club. And But that's what we want you to have is that, yeah. that love of it. I feel like if you place like two books that were similar ish to where you could provide like guiding questions for each of them to show the value of reading these books that would be like oh choose your own little path of do I want to read this classic book or do I want to read this modern book I'm sure most people are going to read the modern book but some English fanatics I'm sure like Reagan would probably (laughs) choose the harder one Um, and then I think you could see how both of them could lead to like good conclusions and you could write an essay about them i mean i've i've written essays about you could you're about to get a podcast about it exactly you could create a one act (laughs) you could do anything you know yeah um okay i don't know Uh, closing words why should people at home read rom-coms because it's fun Reagan and I will be reading our rom-coms in Mexico, so oh, stay tuned oh, for that. We all take some good pictures. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of your of you with your books. I have to choose the pretty books to take yeah. for the bookstagram. Yeah, the bookstagram. yeah. We need yeah. some good like hashtag book talk at the beach. I yeah. send you lots of Emily pictures. Henry's beach book, book talk. It looks so good. No, and it's bread pink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. We expect your nail polish to match. Oh, yeah. They're getting ideas, people. <laughs> You're going to be holding oh, yeah, it like yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, well, then you want the, you want your nails to pop. Oh, that's true. Mm. No blending in. That's green? what I Ooh, look at that. You could get, There's if the it was pink, girl right if there. it was pink cover with green writing, I'd get green nails. Mm. The plot yeah. was so good, too. too. That's good, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. You know? Mm-hmm. I like how you Compliment each other. Well, thanks, you guys, for spending so much time with me of as course. I have um, been thinking about this and writing this post and responding. And we'll just continue our little chats. We'll Only say we'll keep at it. Left. I know. Yeah, I want to join the club. Is it too yeah, late? Well, no, it's not too late. <laughs> okay. Well, See, it's, it's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, you guys. Yeah, thanks thanks so for much. having us. Well, friends, as Reagan just said, we hope you agree it's never too late to start reading for fun. Thanks for spending time with us. Thinking about the wide world of rom-coms and the ways teachers might reach more students and promote their well-being by tweaking the curriculum to include more of these books. For a full bibliography of rom-coms mentioned in today's episode, as well as links to Kate, Margaret, and Reagan's blog posts, check out our show notes. And a huge thank you to our interns, Grace and Phoebe, who took the lead in developing questions for this episode. Until next time. Our co-hosts are Megan Griffin, Kate Shank, and Jessica Bailey. Our producer is Caitlin Rappi. For more information about us, check out the blog, Her Voice at the Table. You can find the link in our show notes.
That might be one of our better ones. Do y'all want to join the podcast staff? What do I have to do? <laughs>